So here's something cool I want to share with you guys. If you own a martial arts school or you coach wrestling or you practice jiu-jitsu and you've been thinking about putting a roll room in your house, in your garage or basement, now's the best time to get some new mats. Because McBride Mats, who are friends of the show and also the mat supplier for gyms like Rufus Sport, which is one of the top MMA gyms in the country, it's where Anthony Pettis trains, it's where UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley trains. They also supply wrestling mats to wrestling clubs across the country. They're having a big sale because they have a ton of wrestling and MMA mats in their warehouse that they're looking to get out of there. So now's the time to take advantage. Get on their website, order some mats, and they'll even ship it to you for free. I mean, how's it get better than free shipping? So check them out, mcbridemats.com. That's M-C-B-R-Y-D-E-M-A-T-S.com. But get on it quick because the sale ends October 19th. So log on, get your mats, and get rolling. The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, MMA on the Rocks, episode number 17, and uh, the first episode that's going to be on YouTube, possibly, if we can pull this off. We got Jeff the Animal Wilson, we got Dave the Portuguese Man of War, and um, we're sitting around a cardboard box table. How are we doing, guys? Uh, I would have probably dressed a little more formal, <laughs> so I regret not, because uh, I'm, I'm wearing short shorts. Well, Jeff... You might be Salvadorian, but today you're white trash fabulous. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, I got—I don't discriminate. I'm all game for it. <laughs> well, cheers, guys. How you doing, Dave? Good. Can't complain. Helping you uh, get white trash fabulous moving out of your apartment. Yeah, I think maybe I'm not going to move. Maybe I'm just going to stay like this and, and just have the furniture set up like this and, and have a cardboard box table and just live this life. We're drinking... Uh, <laughs> Drinking Bud Lights, <laughs> which is a, quite a change from the normal, uh, the normal fare yeah. on the show. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you need a fucking dose of America. Yeah, I, this is definitely not a small brewery as we're used to on the show. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's getting the job done. I think it fits in with the White Trash Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what we need. We got to go out and get some like Bush Light or some Keystone or something. Oh, no, we need Budweisers, the one that have the Eplorbus. Whatever on them. Yeah. Yeah, we should definitely do that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, a lot going on in the MMA world. Um, Something I wanted to touch on, kind of a negative note. Uh, So, UFC fighter Josh Saman, who has had five or six fights in the UFC, and uh, he was uh, on the Ultimate Fighter reality show, recently passed away. So, he was found unresponsive in his apartment along with his roommate, and I want to get his name right, Troy Kirkenberg. Um, They were both found unresponsive. Troy was found dead on the scene, and Josh was hospitalized. He was in a coma, and he passed away a few days later. Um, This is a huge loss, not just for the UFC, but for the community down in Florida. So he lives in Tallahassee, and he was the CEO of Combat Night, which is a local MMA circuit for amateur fighters, and he really gave a lot back to the community. 
uh, in, in setting that up. And Troy, his roommate, was actually the ring announcer for that organization. And supposedly he was a really great guy from everything I've read. He was really great to the fighters, and they really appreciated the way that he announced them to fight. You know, that that's something that's really motivational for guys when they're about to go in there and compete when, you know, they have their name put out there like that. Um, so any reaction, Jeff, to uh, to Josh Saman's uh, untimely passing? He was only 28 years old, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, the only word that I can use is just pure shock, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember you texting me, and I was just like, dude, are you serious? Like, I just saw him fight, like, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or something ago. Yeah. So, you know, to, <clears throat> to see that... Uh, someone with uh, such a bright future and talent to, you know, just leave this earth so abruptly is just, you know, I can't, I still can't really wrap my head around it. Yeah, it was definitely a shock. I mean, and he just fought very recently. He had that, that brutal fight against Tim Boast, um, uh, maybe two months ago, if that, um, but yeah, I think the bigger loss is, is to the, the community in Florida where he had the fight ring. Uh, set up any reaction, Dave? Uh, I don't really know too much about him, but mm-hmm. did they they find anything out other than what happened? See, that's the funny thing. Like they, uh, there were there was like rumors around the internet that it was overdose because when you find unresponsive people, obviously that's the first thing investigators are gonna think. But um, it it just doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't it doesn't line up. I mean, he's a UFC fighter. He's tested regularly. The fact that he would be doing recreational drugs, I would find to be fairly unbelievable, unless you're John Jones. Well, um, I mean, just the fact that they found him and his roommate was in the same situation, mm-hmm. but his roommate actually went into a coma and then passed away. And for them not to right off the bat know that he's a fighter or whatever and mention, oh, we found drugs on the table or something like that. Mm. There could have been something else behind this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's a shame that that that's the way the rumors get out there, you know, right off the bat, because especially someone who gave so much back to the community and, um, you know, he's a role model in that community as well. He does a lot for the youth there. So, um, hopefully they figure out, you know, what it was and, you know, maybe carbon monoxide poisoning. I I don't know. And even if it was an overdose, it's very strange that you would find two people unresponsive in the same room. Um, but anyway, definitely a tragedy. He passed away way too young. Um, so, you know, best wishes to his family, of course. I mean, that's that's the most tragic thing that could ever happen is a, a parent outliving their children. So Yeah, definitely. Uh, all the best to the Saman and the Kirkenberg family. Um, so some other news that just came up today that I wanted to touch on, um, and this happened right before you got here. And uh, Dave and I were talking about it a little bit. Conor McGregor just got a fine from the Nevada State Athletic Commission for $150,000 for throwing water bottles at the press conference prior to UFC 202. (laughs) And he also has to do 50 hours of community service. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous, dude. Like, I mean, it happens. Um, You know, I'm sure he wasn't the only one. I mean, I remember Jake Shields throwing a couple water bottles. and uh, No, Jake Shields kind of like shovel past that starbucks coffee (laughs) like yeah but it's like come on like they're in the heat of the moment i mean it's not like anybody got hurt before uh, up until they stepped into the octagon yeah i mean uh, seems a little i mean i kind of see it both ways 
you know, like, all right, they threw water bottles, like, it's harmless. Yeah. No one got hurt, whatever. Yeah. But you also got to see the facts that you, I, I actually give it to the, uh, to the athletic commission for keeping it professional, you know? Yeah. You're throwing water bottles like a, like a bunch of girls, you know, and this and that. Just keep it professional. <laughs> You're at a press conference, talk your trash, but then go settle it on the ring. Yeah. And they definitely did settle it in the ring. That was one of the most epic fights of all time. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun watch. Um, but yeah, you do that, and you're seeing a lot of stupid shit lately too. I mean, you got you got Roy Nelson like kicking referees. You have got Fabrizio Verdum kicking coaches. Like, there's just like a lot of dumb shit, and these guys just have to be professional. I mean, especially, and I I say this time and time again. It's not like a broken record, but for a sport that took so long to get sanctioned in New York. And now these guys are going doing dumb shit like this. It just brings back the ideas like they're just Neanderthals and they're not yeah. like they're that's not why professionals. I, that's why I give it to the uh, to the commission. You know, yeah, keep professional. Like if they're gonna mess up, fine. So the strangest part about this to me is the fifty hours of community service. <laughs> I don't know how an athletic commission can enforce that. Yeah, and he has like a fight coming up next month. Yeah. He doesn't well, have time for community service. William, <laughs> well, he's yeah. going to do training at a gym. Yeah, he's going <laughs> <he's gonna> to give <laughs> free lessons to the youth. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, or he's going to be like jogging along the side of the highway, picking up trash. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, I don't think it has to be like before his next fight. I don't know what the deadline or what the stipulations of it are, but I find it weird that he has to do that, especially... Um, I guess he's an American citizen, but it, it just seems weird to me that they can they can sentence him to community service as an athletic commission. That that was weird. Well, that, one hundred fifty thousand dollar fine, I could see, and that's just yeah. a drop in the bucket for him anyway. It might not be that he's a citizen. You know, it could be that the athletic commission is saying do fifty hours community service and prove it. Or yeah. we're going to keep you suspended and now you're going to fight. Yeah. Or they lose your next one. Yeah, he won't be able to fight in Nevada. And that's that's huge market for the UFC, obviously. Yeah, it's basically uh, headquarters for the UFC. Yeah, so um, whereas uh, headquarters for UFC is in Nevada, but headquarters for Michael Bisbing seems to be in Manchester, England. Um, the guy's never lost a fight. And... That held true over the weekend. Now, uh, Dave and I didn't actually watch the pay-per-view. Jeff is going to have to walk us through this, and we're going to have to give our reactions. Uh, But let's start with the main event. So Michael Bisbing coming up with the unanimous decision win over Dan Henderson um, in what we all assume was Dan Henderson's last fight. Uh, you saw it, Jeff. Give us the give us the rundown on what happened. So first round, it looked like Bisping was outlanding Dan Henderson. He was definitely throwing a lot more, and Dan Henderson comes with this, you know, the H bomb. Yeah. And just drops Bisping right at the end of the round. Just drops him on his ass. Uh huh. Um, and he he starts swarming him. It's looking like he's gonna finish it, but somehow Bisping holds on. He gets up. And uh, he makes it out of the round. Um, I th- believe, if I'm not mistaken, he got knocked down again in the second round. And maybe one more time. I can't remember it too clearly. But judging overall, uh, Bisping did look like he was messed up. Uh, his face looked a lot worse than Dan Henderson's. Mm-hmm. But I feel like from 
an analytical standpoint, I feel like Bisping did more to win. I feel like he threw more shots. Um, but I don't know if it should have been a unanimous decision. I felt like Dan Henderson won at least two rounds. But, um, again, just my heart wanted Henderson to win. Bill, we were we were watching it, like, in... yeah. It was it was pretty shitty the way we were watching it, uh, but I mean we're white trash fabulous. So yeah, but that was definitely white trash the way we were watching. We were out at a bar and you know we had another obligation that night. But uh, Jeff pulled up Facebook Live on his phone and somebody was just recording it. Really? <laughs> somebody who phone, ordered yeah. the pay per view. They were just recording it on their phone and streaming on Facebook Live. Um, so yeah, not not the most ideal way to watch it, but um, you know. I wasn't that excited about this fight. I had a feeling that it would go this way. Mm. I had a feeling that it would it would end up being a decision for Bisping. Um, you know, he from what I saw, he wasn't circling towards the right hand like the mistake he made in the first fight at UFC 100. Um, it, it's a shame to see a guy get his ass kicked basically because I mean he he got battered pretty badly. And, and still win a decision. And it, it brings up, like, you know, what should weigh more, you know, the volume of strikes or the damage that's done. And seeing Bisping's face compared to Dan Henderson's, it looked pretty tenderized. Yeah. Um, and as much as I dislike the fact that Bisping is the middleweight champion in this reality, um, you know, I felt like he did more to win. He, he was doing a good job of not being there when Dan Henderson threw. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, there was one round where Dan Henderson, I think it was the fourth round, Dan Henderson only landed 11 punches. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as powerful as Dan Henderson is, I feel like Bisping just did more to win the fight. Yeah, but I mean, 11 Dan Henderson punches are like a thousand punches from a man of normal strength. <laughs> this is also very true. And um, for those who haven't listened to, to back episodes, Dave was on a few episodes ago. Dave is a casual UFC fan. Um, he occasionally watches the fights over some drinks with us. Dave, are you familiar with either Michael Bisbing or Dan Henderson? Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with them. Um, so this was Dan Henderson's last fight, and I know you've seen him in some wars because I've shown you some old Pride tapes yeah. of Dan Henderson fighting in Pride where he won two championships. He won the Strike Force Championship and a couple of other belts. What, what else? Was he in? Uh, we have Strike Force. We have Pride. There's probably some. There's, there's one other one. What, what was the one? Where did he fight Fedor? Uh, was that like Legacy or something? Something like that. I think he was the champion of that too. So Dan Henderson is the champion of everything but UFC. Um, do you feel like it damages his legacy at all not getting that UFC strap? Uh, from my standpoint, absolutely not, man. Um, he's fought. I think the statistic was he's fought 12 current or former UFC champions. Uh, I mean, the man's a legend. You know, after, and I went back and watched the fights later, uh, I think yesterday, and after the fight was over, mm -hmm. right when Bisping got interviewed, the crowd exploded, man. Yeah. Like, they, they were just chanting for him. Uh, oh, he's like, it, he's like Jesus over there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, how can you deny a man like that his legacy? I mean... The man's a walking legend. So yeah. It's a shame to see him go. Oh, you mean they were cheering for Henderson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. Um, so the fact that Dave knows who he is, that should be automatic induction to the Hall of Fame. 
<laughs> oh, he'll, well, he'll, he'll be there. Well, you never know. Some people can sit back and say, oh, listen, he did it at Pride. He did it here. He did it there. But if you can't do it at UFC, why should he get it? Yeah. So what's what's your opinion on that, Dave? Do you think like you need the UFC championship to solidify yourself? Or do you think Dan Henderson has done enough and he should be a Hall of Famer? Um... In my eyes, I think he should just be a Hall of Famer right off the bat from what he's been through. Yeah. You know? And I, I think, I think uh, the UFC kind of embodies the sport right now. I mean, they're the, they're the token brand. So if you're going to embody all of Dan Henderson's accomplishments under one banner, you know, let it, Well, I mean, UFC owns most of those fight, fight clubs anyway now. Yeah. They, so yeah, true. Everything should just transfer over. They're taking his wins and losses anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so because they do, they did buy Pride and uh, Strike Force too. Yeah, and Strike Force. So, I mean, he should be indicted into the and brought into the Hall of Fame anyway. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not going to tell the guy he's not going to get Hall of Fame. Yeah. I wouldn't want to fight him anyway. <laughs> Dan Henderson. Yeah, he's got to be the scariest 46 year old on the planet. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean the guy's—he's such a fucking animal. Yeah. Yeah, I want him uh, to be my dad. Maybe he'll adopt me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's already got five kids. What's one more? Yeah, why not? I mean, you get to a certain point. We were watching, uh, we were watching Maury Povich earlier. What a <laughs> what a fucking disaster that was. This is, these are the things that happen when you wake up after a night of drinking and there's. Nothing and, else on TV. And there's a day off because it's Columbus Day, and, and there's nothing on TV. You watching Maury? Maury Povich. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, this guy, I don't know, we're getting way off track, but this is a good story, I think. This, so this guy... Well, tell him the, the title of that episode. What was the title of the episode? Your mother is hiding your mistress's baby or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so this, okay. guy, this guy cheated on his girlfriend, okay. and then... His, his mother? Mo- no, his mother kicked the girlfriend out of the house, right. and then another girl moved in, and she was pregnant. So the girlfriend thinks like, "Oh, you got her pregnant," and he's like, "No, no, no, that's my sister." And then the the mother's like, the mother's there yelling like, "That's my daughter! How are you gonna tell me that's not my daughter?" <laughs> yeah. So the the lie detector thing, they go through it, and we didn't watch the end of the episode, so I'm just gonna infer what happened. The lie detector revealed. It was his sister. Is it still? Do you think it's still his baby? I think it's still his I baby. Still think it's Good yeah. God. Yeah. All right. Pause. And that's why. Oh, <laughs> and to, to, to add add more stuff to it to make it better, right? The mother was his wingman. She was hiding everything from the girlfriend. Yeah. So she was helping him cover his tracks. So the mother was cool with him banging his sister. No, banging other women in general. Yeah. All right. His but, mother was his wingman, bringing other women to so he could break up with his girlfriend. Yeah. I wish my mom was that nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my question: Is like, why are you still living with your mom? If like, why would you bring your girlfriend into your home if it's your mom's house? That's the issue you have with this, not the fact that he got his sister pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, that goes without saying. That's terrible. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, what about the girl on the on on the one before that episode? Oh yeah, she was twenty one years old and she was dating a fifty five year old guy and uh, who was divorced, right? She said that yeah, and she said that he, if he died, she wanted his gold teeth. 
And <laughs> she's yeah, like, yeah. but it's not for me. I want to sell them to take to take care of the baby, the baby that they had together. It, I mean, they probably have cardboard box furniture. These people, I would assume, white there's trash, a, fabulous, there's white a good trash, fabulous. They do. <laughs> so we're li- we're living like them for a day. In any case, there was no there was no fight on the show, so it's not really relevant. To well, this it's point. not a Jerry Springer episode. Yeah, that's true. But it's thrown. It sounded like one. <laughs> It might as well then. I respect Maury. I would like to see Maury Povich run for president. No. No, that would be awesome. (laughs) Jerry Springer should be president. Uh, They should run against each other. I mean, it it wouldn't be any less ridiculous than the election we have now. But I just imagine him in the the debate where he's like, well, you said this about your financial policy. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. (laughs) (laughs) In any case... Um, let's get back on track with UFC 204. So another legend who was on the card and uh, suffered what I heard was a pretty brutal TKO was Vitor Belfort at the hands of Gegard Mousasi. So Mousasi is someone I know who has been kind of hot and cold as of late. When he's on, he's really on. And when he's off, he's really off. Um, And Vitor, you know, ever since they banned the testosterone replacement treatments, uh, he just hasn't looked the same. He just kind of looks like a sack of meat. Yeah, dude. Vitor Belfort definitely walked in with that, uh, like, old dad bod. Um, yeah, which, wait, if I'm an old dad, I wouldn't mind looking like that. I mean, he's still, like, a pretty pretty ripped dad bod. I, I mean, but, you could, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you could definitely see that he looked a lot different off the juice. Um, and Gegard Mousasi just beat the shit out of him, man. Um, yeah. You know, it. I felt like the fight should have been over a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Because at one point, Mousasi was just, you know, raining bombs on him. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like it should have ended sooner. But, you know, like you said on the last episode, this fight probably would have been better 27 years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I would have liked to see them square off like when, when Vitor was still on the TRT and Gegard was still uh, dominant before coming over to the UFC. I mean, Gegard Mousasi is kind of an anomaly. You can't really figure out like what's up with that guy. Like, Why does he show up sometimes and why does he not? It's hard to figure out because he has no emotions. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even look happy after he won, you know? Yeah. And uh, so what do you, do you think this is the end of the road for Vitor? I mean, if he wants to fight again, I think that he needs to really, really reconsider. Um, so, from what I hear, he had trouble making weight. Okay. Um, so, that was a big struggle for him. Uh, he doesn't look great. He's 39 years old. Um, to me, it seems the only guys who can go well into their 40s are the American wrestlers. You know, you got Randy Couture, uh, Dan Henderson... Of course, uh, guys like that. Uh, other than that, it seems like these guys are not really sustainable, you know, beyond their late thirties. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I don't know what it is about wrestling, man, but it's probably one of the best bases for fighting. Um, you know, it's it's the wrestlers who can. How do I put this? So, it's easy to learn striking because striking is more of a science. Yeah, but. So you can learn how to be an effective striker in a few years, but that grappling experience, that takes decades to get. Yeah, especially when you build up the muscle memory at a, 
at a young age yeah. and your body just knows how to react to certain things. So guys who grappled when they were younger, I mean, you can be a great athlete. And I think like George St. Pierre is the exception to this rule right. because he learned to wrestle later in life. But other than that, I mean, unless you're like a freak of nature, like George St. Pierre, you're, you're not going to be able to develop these kind of reactions like the, the kind of muscle memory it takes to be a good grappler oh absolutely um so yeah uh and also you have to be pretty pretty athletic and pretty flexible to be a wrestler mm-hmm. like i've seen guys when they like control the knees and stuff and yeah. it's like i i'm just like that that would i would just tear a muscle just from him grabbing me like that. <laughs> like yeah, but i can be an amazing athlete on juice too yeah, this is yeah. That's true. And now that they kicked them off of it, I mean, how much farther can you go? Yeah, I, I wonder if we're gonna start to see guys retiring early now. That's a good point, um, because you know they they can't they can't even take some of the same supplements they were taking before, which you know I feel like they gotta do a little bit more research into this stuff. You can't just ban everything. You gotta give these guys some things yeah, to we recover. Also gotta, we also gotta look at this. If you if you're a fighter and you're not on juice and you can win against a guy that's on juice, a fighter is a fighter. That's the true. That's the real deal right there. That's true. But then, you know, if a guy's on something and then he lands a punch, if he lands that same punch without the steroids, that could be a difference between a concussion and like mm. I don't know, brain damage, death, something. Off the juice? No, I'm saying like it. If they, if a guy lands the same punch on juice and off and off juice, it's a big difference. Oh yeah, of course it is. Um, I mean, you also got to look at recovery time. You know, there's no way these guys are recovering without supplements. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, and they're giving less and less. I mean, and now after weight cutting, they can't even use IVs to rehydrate. Can't use IVs to rehydrate. And the past month or two, how many UFC fights these guys are going around the clock training and everything. They have no time to rest, and they're up for another fight within weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of these guys are fighting very frequently. I mean, Cowboy Cerrone comes to mind. This guy's on like every other card. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I mean, he also, you know, he. I feel like he squanders a lot of money, but yeah, I also love him, so I can't say anything bad. Oh, he's a badass. <laughs> so somebody else who looked like a badass on the two hundred four card, and again, I didn't get to see any of these, but uh, Jimmy Manua. Oh. Knocking out Ovens St. Prue. Now, I oh. think everybody kind of thought Ovens would be the favorite here. I mean, he went yeah. the distance with John Jones. Um, you know, he's a dangerous striker. He's unorthodox. He comes at weird angles. Uh, but Jimmy Manoa taking care of business. Yeah, Jimmy Manoa really surprised me. I, I, you know, I'm in the same boat. I really thought that OSP had this one. But Jimmy Manoa, the first round was definitely uh, St. Prue's round. But Jimmy Manuel, I don't know what his corner said to him, but he came out with a different strategy. He it felt like he had found his range a little mm-hmm. bit easier, and uh, he just picked Owen St. Prue apart. You know, he was working the body really well, and he landed this one body shot that uh, folded OSP a little bit, and off that came a right hand and then a left hook that just dropped uh, Ovin St. Pru. Yeah. Uh, like he was, he must've been out cold for at least two seconds. Do you think the, uh, the hometown crowd had anything to do with it for Jimmy Manua? Um, he, you know, he's from England, so I'm sure he had a lot of support there. Do you feel like that, that played into his energy or the way he looked anything that night? Yeah. I feel like the, the crowd definitely helped. 
But uh, again, I wish I could have been a fly in uh, Manua's corner because the fact, the way he came out in the second round was just, yeah. you know, miles different from how he came out in the first round. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that he was just able to adapt and, you know, change his game plan and, uh, you know, it it was just a testament to how technically good he is. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I got to say, I, I downplayed him a little bit after I saw what uh, Gustafson did to him. Yeah. But uh, Jimmy Manuel, he's a good fighter, man. Yeah, I mean, you got to consider, too, his only losses in his career, Alexander Gustafson, TK Odom, and... Anthony Rumble Johnson knocked him out. Other than that, uh, Jimmy Manu has never lost a fight. Hmm. So, but, I mean, he did get knocked out by, you know, two of the upper echelon guys in the division. So, what do you do with him at this point? I mean, uh, maybe a rematch with Gustafson. I don't, I don't know, but Gustafson's going to fight uh, Ryan Bader, I think. I wasn't aware of that. I'm pretty sure that's happening. Let's, let's say it's breaking news here on this podcast. <laughs> but um, and if it's not true, um, blame it on the Bud Light. Well, you hear that, Gustafson? You're gonna fight him. <laughs> yeah, um, I know you're listening, Gustafson. You're fighting Ryan Bader. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe I just want to see that fight. That's why. No, I agree. I'd love to see that, and I'd love for Gustafson to get a more um, substantial win because his last fight didn't look too good. No. But um, Jimmy Manuel, man, I'd like to see him fight someone who's ranked a little higher. I mean, OSP is good. I, I believe he's still in the top 10. But I'd like to see Jimmy Manuel fight someone like a Ryan Bader or uh, what's his face? Who's the guy who tapped uh, um, Josh Barnett? I forgot who it was. Oh, um, remember that? Ben nuke? Rothwell. Ben Rothwell. I'd like to see that matchup. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um but different weight class. Oh, so much for that plan. Yeah, well, someone's dropping. <laughs> breaking news: someone's dropping weight. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Dude, Roth- ben, ben Rothwell can stand to lose a couple pounds. Maybe not sixty pounds. <laughs> that we'd have to drop to get to two hundred five. Um, but someone who is in the heavyweight division and also had an impressive uh, victory was Stefan Struve. Um, yes, and. Uh, from what I heard, it it looked like he was pretty dominant in that fight. Yeah, first off, he fought Daniel, Daniel I'm going to butcher his name right now, I know it, <clears throat> Omelian Cusack. Cusack? Omelchik, I think. Yeah. I think it's, it's short, whatever it is, it's shorter than it looks. Yeah. Let's call um, him Omel... Um, he's Polish? Omelchik, Russian, I think. Right? Yeah, he was Russian or German, something like that. But, uh, yeah, first off, Stefan Struve was like a whole foot taller than this guy. Well, he's a whole foot taller than most people. Yeah. Um, so... Oh, he is Polish. You were right, Dave. Oh. That's the name. Give you, give you your best shot, Dave. No idea. That's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So he finished it off with a Brabo show. Too many vowels. Yeah, so <clears throat> so Stefan Struve, first off, he was like a foot taller than this guy. Uh, he, he was dominant all over the place. Uh, in the striking department, he had a couple of nice takedowns from judo throws. And then in the second round, he slapped on a darse choke, which was really nice because yeah. um, uh, Daniel tried to, like, jump over the other side. Yeah, yeah. And, like, 
kind of cage walk out of it. But Stefan Struve, he's got those huge long arms. He was just able to hold on to him. And, uh, yeah, and, he's yeah. able to sink in submissions that most people can't. And for whatever reason, he doesn't want to list himself as seven feet tall. So he, he's listed as like 6'11 and three quarters or something ridiculous like that. No, six, he's, six foot 13. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like nine foot 12, dude. Like. Yeah. He's humongous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you, you got to worry about him, though. He's had that heart condition where he has like a hole in his heart. And, you know, there's always there's always health problems that come along with, with guys that tall. Um, but where do you see him going in a division from here? Maybe he could fight Ben Rothwell. You know, I, I really enjoy seeing that, actually. Um, yeah. Because <clears throat> very few people have found an answer for just even hitting Stefan Struve. Like, you have to hit up yeah. with him, so you lose a lot of power. And, I mean, know? he's he's knocked out the champ, Stipe Miocic. So, um but, you know, again, another guy who's kind of hot and cold. I mean, the, the people who figured out how to deal with his reach, um, you know, it seems like once you figure it out, you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, in any case, um, any other fights that stood out on that card? I'm, I'm kind of looking up and down. It looks like a lot of finishes. It seems like there was only, you know, the first and last fight on the card were the only ones that went to decision. Yeah, and I only watched two more fights. Um <clears throat> Off this card, I saw uh, Mirsad Bektic defeated Russell Duane, uh-huh. um, and Bektic just beat the shit out of Duane for yeah. the whole round, and at the end just managed to sink in a rear naked choke. Nice. Uh, a lot of people seem to have Duane on their radar, but uh, Bektic just came in and pummeled him. Yeah, he's been a high-level pro- prospect, too. I think um, I think Bijou's over here uh, breaking wind. She's more than breaking wind. What she did? She's clearing out house. <laughs> <laughs> and now, since this will be on YouTube, you guys will be able to see um, the way that Bijou tries to inject herself into every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that was Bijou. You heard crying too. It wasn't. It wasn't Dave crying because he's out of beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, all right. And the last fight that I watched. Well, this was the first fight I watched on the card. Yeah. It was Yuri Alcantara versus Brad Pickett. Okay. And Alcantara's finish was beautiful because it looked like he was sitting in a, a triangle while he was on top of Brad Pickett. Yeah. But Pickett kind of stood up. So um, Alcantara transitioned to an arm bar. And then he rolled into Brad Pickett and set up a triangle. Okay. Yeah. So he took the leg that should have been across brad pickett's uh chest yeah and like spun the other way to lock up the triangle okay i got you yeah um so i guess the uh (laughs) (laughs) no you're fine (laughs) i guess the uh the hometown advantage didn't work out for brad pickett like it did for jimmy manuel and michael bisping but um you know brad pickett's another guy who's up there he's He's been in some wars. His nose is smashed. Oh, yeah. Like, permanently smashed. He's got the Arlovsky nose going on. Uh, uh, the only other fight that jumps out to me is is Mike Perry, who uh, he, he knocked out uh, Danny Roberts in the third round of his fight. And this is the guy who has God's gift tattooed across his stomach. Um, you know... <laughs> Sounds like a, a guy we could have gone to high school with. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Um, 
But in any case, another knockout win for him. Uh, it seems like he might be working his way up to, to getting a high-profile fight soon. So I would keep Mike Perry on the radar. That's that's two KOs in a row. Uh, he's a pretty tough welterweight. He's got a lot of knockout power, and he seems to knock out everybody that, that they put in front of him. So um, one What's last thing. Style? Hmm? What's Mike Perry's fight style? Uh, just slinging bombs, basically. Yeah? Yeah, he's just like... He just throws heavy leather. His last fight, he fought a Korean guy who was easily a foot taller than him. Oh, and looked, yeah. Is he more boxing than jiu-jitsu? <clears throat> yeah, he's a, he's definitely more of a boxer. And this his last fight, it looked like, uh, what's that old Nintendo game, Punch-Out? <laughs> and that's what he looked like, knocking this guy out. Um, but one last thing I wanted to bring up. So rumor has it that a bout agreement has been sent to George St. Pierre to fight Anderson Silva at UFC 206 in Toronto. I call bullshit. Yeah? Yep. Well, the rumor is that they gave him the bout agreement, but he couldn't finish it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just like he can't finish fights. Oh, because oh, yeah. oh, he has all his decisions, yeah. Yeah. In any case... Um, yeah, I feel like this is like <laughs> this is like the fairy tale fight that's like never culminated. So let's say let's say it happens. What do you what do you think about this? Oh, if and this is why I'm not trying to get my hopes up is because if it happens, this is this is Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving and Columbus Day and think of every holiday in existence. This is it. I think it will actually be New Year's. Like, that, I think that's. <laughs> I think that's when the card is coming back to UFC. Is going to be in Canada. Epic, epic. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to put everybody shaking in UFC that he's coming back. Yeah, like that could be the only fight on the card, and I will pay money to watch it. Yeah, and what's interesting is you know. I, Dave, you don't you don't watch like every pay per view, but you would tune in because you know yeah. both of these guys. You're saying you would tune in, but when you break it down, GSP hasn't fought in what three years now. Anderson Silva is coming off two losses, and then like kind of an unimpressive decision over Nick Diaz. Yeah, but you also got to remember, you know, you're talking about Anderson Silva coming back from two losses, still. I think, in my eyes, still recovering from that broken leg. Mm. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, how GSP do you... has been out for how long now? I think three years, right? Yeah, yeah something. At like least that. three. Years. He's not sitting at home drinking beers and sitting redneck fabulous right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. He might be set up around a cardboard box. <laughs> he's definitely training. He's definitely up to par. You know, he's like, giving his body a chance to relax. I think he's. I think he's coming back stronger than I ever. I need another Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's coming back stronger than ever. I think. Yeah, Anderson Silva's got some work cut out for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the other thing. As far as Anderson Silva's legacy is concerned, I mean, this is this is a tough fight for him. It's it, Anderson Silva is phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. Yeah, you know, especially after his last fight where he was, you know, held down by by a wrestler for yeah. for three rounds. Yeah, but fuck Daniel Cormier. He proved nothing. <laughs> he proved that he can beat a guy on two hours' notice. That's what he proved. Yeah, that's true. Who was eating pizzas at the weigh-in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a lose lose situation yeah, for Cormier. Definitely. Um, that was really unfortunate for him. But 
Yeah, I mean, GSP is like this uh, this ghost that keeps like reappearing. I know he's in great shape. I know he's been down at, at Henzo Gracie's right across the river here training. John Donaher says he's in great shape, so I, I take that man's word as gospel. GSP is a fucking unicorn. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was thinking that too. I was thinking that exact same thought. That's funny. Yeah, he is a fucking unicorn. <laughs> But, um, What's not a unicorn is Bud Lights, and I think we could probably use a few more of them. So, any uh, any final thoughts on the on the podcast? Two hundred four, two hundred five, two hundred six. Uh, anything else we talked about? I mean, I think we hit all all our bases. Yeah, I'm pretty satisfied, Dave. I'm satisfied. I can't wait to see GSB come back. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, I'll keep drowning my doubt with Bud Lights. Uh, <laughs> in any case, um, if you want to hit us up on social media, as always, at MMA on the Rocks, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or MMA on the Rocks.com. Jeff is on Twitter at Animal underscore Wilson. So I apologize for sending people to at Animal Wilson on past episodes. Make sure you get that underscore in there. And Animal Wilson's actually a fighter, right? Yeah, like I looked him up, but he's like an actual MMA fighter. I was a little concerned because like he he looks like he is slightly insane. Yeah. So you know he, he and I saw him with some title belts. So he he might I, he looks pretty legit, man. Well, you know maybe we got to get him on the show. It'll give us a little more credibility. We'll have the Animal Wilsons hour. <laughs> he might fight you for that username. <laughs> I don't think I would win that fight. I might have to start. We might yeah. need a new nickname for him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Dave doesn't do social media, so this is the only place you can find Dave. So tune into yeah. the podcast. Or you can find me at Bill's uh, MMA on the Rocks. Just ask him for me. <laughs> yeah. Or you could find Dave at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's, true. That's all we got. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.